Now stay tuned for The Amazing Spider-Man and The Incredible Hulk. A bad guy poses as Spider-Man and goes on a crime spree, but can he fool the Spider-Friends next? Tonight on Different Strokes, will Willis be voted prom queen? Then on Jennifer Slept Here, Jennifer says yes to an old flame, but will she say I do? Be there. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. This is Andrew from Coruscant Radio Underground. You're listening to the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. I just want to say how exciting I am. Excited. You're exciting? I'm excited. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm excited to uh, to do this live because uh, uh, for many reasons, 80s is my decade, but uh, we have a new Scarif Scuttlebutt uh, host. And uh, I'd like to just uh, officially, I guess, this is her first Scarif Live. Uh, Chantal, how are you? I'm good. Glad Excellent. to be here. Thank you for joining A little joining nervous. No, no, no problem. No, don't be nervous at all. Don't <laughs> We're going to have a mispronunciation uh, jar every time you say her name wrong. We're just going to, and then we're gonna, you're going to buy drinks. Yeah. I'll just My buy drinks. So let's, just, let's just cut to the chase. I'll just buy drinks. But you know what? Since we have everybody on board here, and uh, we have one of our patrons, uh, Joey Rosales, uh, people starting to come in. Thank you very much, guys. But uh, why don't we do this right, huh? What do you think? Yeah, maybe we Sounds can do that. I, I was just gonna, I was just gonna comment that I like that there was uh, six sets of eyes, and then uh, like very quickly went down to five. Like, whoa, this is not the right. I didn't mean to click on this video. That's, All right, uh, hold on, hold on to your hats. Oh, we'll be right, we'll be right back. Rebo's got the beat, and the band plays on. You can relive it all with Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Introducing Size Noodles and the Rebo Band. Jabba the Hutt action playset sold separately. Play it again, Si. Starring Size Noodles, Droopy McCool on clarinet, Max Rebo on organ. Rebo. <laughs> Dance, Droopy. It's your last solo, Snoodles. <laughs> New Size Noodles in the Rebo Band. Jabba the Hutt action playset sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. And welcome back, everybody. Okay, so that is official. We have now started the Scarif Live. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for joining us on this Sunday night, February 28th. The uh, Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast is here. Uh, we are new and improved, Brad. What do you think about that? Well, we're we're kind of old, but we are improved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We, we, we got a much-needed makeover or facelift or whatever whatever you want to call it but uh again i was before the uh little intro i just wanted to uh reiterate how uh how cool it is to have a new team member on the scare scuttlebutt podcast uh let's uh everybody in the chat let's say hello and welcome to chantal how are you good good i'm really really happy and excited to be here this is going to be so much fun Excellent, excellent. Wow, look at all the people in the chat. We got Charlie from uh, our, our uh, fellow Red Fiver. We got Nicole. Hello, Nicole. And uh, Dave Richards. Uh, I love that. Uh, you know, we're, we're doing it, I think we're doing it earlier uh, for folks uh, across the pond, too, because sometimes we uh, go a little late. And I know people have to uh, wake up in the morning and, and work. What's that all about? But uh, we're going a little earlier. Uh, just to kind of help everybody out, and uh, uh, we are going to have a good uh, good time. Scott's in the house. Scott, Mr. Scott Rapina. Am I saying your your last name right? Rapina? 
I always want to, because I'm Hispanic, I always want to roll whatever R. So it's like Scarif, Scuttlebutt podcast. I don't know. <laughs> wow. We, we can use that. We can yeah. use that. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Excellent. <laughs> But uh, so what are we talking about tonight? This, uh, like I said, this is a really uh, great uh, episode. But before that, um, I want to thank everybody who um, listened to last week's uh, episode, the humor episode. And Chantal, thank you very much for uh, suggesting that topic. Uh, again, it's a topic that we we didn't realize that we never really covered. Um, I, I don't know if it was because... I mean, like we were really, really into Star Wars and we're serious about it, you know, about it. And uh, humor just never crossed my mind. But I'm like looking through it. And I'm like, yeah, we've never covered the parodies. You know, obviously we talked about uh, Troops and Family Guy and Robot Chicken and all that stuff. So uh, thank you very much for that. And thank you guys to, to thank you, everybody who, who listened to it. We actually um, pleasantly surprised that we surpassed the downloads on that episode in less than two days, which is better than the previous episode, the Tatooine Hot Takes, which was out for already like 10 days. So that's amazing. I, I know you guys love Star Wars humor and things like that, but uh, it was uh, it was a really nice surprise. What do you think about that? Oh, thank you to everyone for listening, first of all. And it was your first, it was kind of like your premiere breakout episode with us. Uh, this I, this will be our, the official, official one, but uh, last week was a lot of fun. Did you have fun? I did. I had a blast. I had a blast. And especially since uh, comedy is very important to me even more. So <laughs> I was really happy to speak on a subject that I really love and combined two things that I really love. So thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. Brad, you're not a very funny guy, though. But uh, how, no, how did you like, how did you like that episode? It's never been my forte, but it just uh, went to prove our theory that people are sick of listening to you and me. Oh, wait, no, that's just my theory. <laughs> so I went to prove my theory that people are just sick of listening to you and me. So uh, uh, great, to, great to have you on, on board with us. And, uh, you know, not only do we, uh, you know, uh, enter, enter a, a new uh, member into our team, but also we uh, decided to expand our horizons. Uh, obviously, we'll always love Star Wars first and foremost, but... There is so much good nerd stuff to talk about out there. So we are incorporating all that. I'm sure you guys have seen all the great improvements uh, Roe has made on the Twitter page. Um, and uh, we're going to be talking about all things geek now. So this is kind of our first opportunity to do that. And, uh, you know, we're, we've got a good show planned here. We're going to talk about all things 80s. Roe was in his prime in the 1980s. Uh, you know, uh, so, you know. He's an, he's an expert on the decade, and uh, obviously for, for movies, um, I think that was really the golden years these, these days for, for nerddom, at least. Uh, so many, we're not going to spoil them now, we're going we're gonna to start talking about them, but 1980s, you know, for those of you in the chat, go ahead and start talking about your favorite 80s movies, and uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about it as well here on the show. Excellent. You know, I noticed a while ago some uh, people were asking folks on Twitter what their favorite movie poster was. And I just wanted to mention that, you know, um, who was it that, uh, let's see, favorite movie posters, Blast Point, Blast Point's podcast put up their favorite movie poster. And it was a movie that was right up your alley, Brad. It was uh, the Return of the Jedi poster where Luke is holding the lightsaber uh, straight up. Uh, really great image. Uh, obviously, um, 
uh, one of the Star Wars uh, movies from the original trilogy that was uh, your favorite. Uh, but uh, let's go around the table here and, and find out what your favorite movie posters are based on, on, on that post. Ooh. Wow. And then let's narrow it down. Let's keep it to the 80s, uh, 80s movies. You know, I was, I was about to say I was about to say Alien, uh, but, you know, that I think that that was uh, late 70s, actually, the first one. I, yeah, I think that was yeah. 79. The yeah, sequel so was that, in the I, 80s. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would have guessed talking, wrong. You're talking about the one with the egg? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in space, and, no one can hear you scream? Uh-huh. Right. There you go. Yeah. yeah. That, that, was a, that was one of my favorites. Oh, man. Favorite poster. Well, you know, if you get the Return of the Jedi early enough, you know, you could get it before they actually changed the name. Sure. of the movie you know because it was uh, originally revenge. revenge of the jedi mm-hmm. so you know that's a collector's item if you can get your hands on that it's probably reprinted by now many times over i'm gonna have to go oh god i'm gonna have to go between two of my loves so probably the empire strikes back poster my girl my girl and mm. because he will always be the love of my life the 1989 Batman. I love just that, that symbol, just nice and simple. You know who it is. You always know who Batman right. is. Yeah. So yeah, uh, those are my, probably my two. You know, I, there are a lot of great uh, sci-fi movies out there, but I think uh, when it comes to posters, anything that Drew Struzan has uh, draw, draw, or, um, drew, draw, <laughs> Anything he uh, he has uh, taken a pen and paper to is, is great. So you've got the Blade Runner poster. You've got the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark posters. You've got Goonies, obviously. Um, his art is is just. I mean, it's 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 even beyond photoreal. It's just a really great placement. Uh, the composition. Uh, tried to get him on the podcast, but he responded and said that he is retired, so uh, he doesn't do any of that stuff anymore. But um, really great stuff. Like I said, anything that he uh, is involved in is uh, is really fantastic in my book. Yep, and uh, I was just thinking about a couple more. Um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I mean, that was it's, it's just um, you know, very simple. Again, it's just him chilling, but that really simple, uh, you know, symbolizes the movie and i was just thinking about the, the willow poster you know oh yeah that's a good from, one so yeah all kinds of good ones now here's the thing it's funny that you mentioned willow and i know they're working on a uh a disney plus series i think it's going to be a mini series but i i it took them long enough i really loved willow when it first came out it was a really you know nice little story it had uh, some parallels to star wars the original star wars um but it's always it's always interesting to see how these old stories, because Willow is kind of, it reminded me of the Moses story. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool how they kind of take old stories and kind of bring them uh, into the, 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 the new, I guess, the new era. And I can't wait. Willow is one, another one of my favorite, you know, uh, genre movies. Um, it's too bad it didn't get a sequel per se, but uh, a lot of technical advances were also, um, you know, uh, discovered or, or, or worked on on Willow. The first morph, which we uh, we saw late in the in the movie, so that's really cool. Everybody and the grandmother's doing morphs now, in especially in the '90s. Um, so you know, you guys know I'm a big uh, movie technology geek, so those are some of the things that really excite me. Somebody mentioned the the Goonies in the chat too. So shout out to the Goonies poster and the movie. And 
I don't care what Alex from uh, Salty Nerd Podcast says. Goonies is a classic. And I don't know what's wrong be. with I, him. I what? Yeah, wait, I wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Yep, yep. Time yep. out. Yep. What? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yep. I, I refrain from telling him that dinosaurs are fake and they never existed. All right. I don't say that. I let him have his uh, Jurassic Park love. Um, but yeah, he doesn't like the Goonies and uh, I can't explain it. Goonies is one of those movies that if it's on TV, I will stop and I will watch it. I don't care what point it's at. I don't care if it's the last 10 minutes of the movie. I will watch it. I love that movie. Oh, my God. That's yeah, that's a no-no. I don't, know what's, I don't know what's wrong with him. He uh, grew up in a weird uh, as a weird but he's child. Not the, but he's not the first person that I've heard that doesn't sure. understand <laughs> the fascination with Goonies. So. <laughs> It, it had Thanos. It had Thanos in it for God's sake. I know, Dude. young Thanos. Come on. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, Tron's another one. Frank's got a good point. Tron is a really great. Yeah, poster. I yeah, I had that on my list too. It's a yeah. beautiful poster. But uh, there, you know, there's a lot. Again, there's a lot of movies out there uh, with some great posters, and uh, I don't know what else is uh, on the agenda here. But uh, I don't know if you guys want to start talking about that. Um, one quick note later on, we're going to talk, we're going to, um, last episode, we had the Tatooine hot takes, the, the winners of the questions that we, uh, put out regarding, uh, the original red five, um, name, uh, you know, who was red five before Luke, we got five people that, uh, answered. We actually have six people that answered. Um, but we, we, uh, announced that we were going to select five people, um, we'll see how that goes because, uh, you know, we don't want to leave anybody out in the cold. So, uh, I have no problem with that, but, uh, let's talk eighties people. You want, What's going you want, on? You want to go, uh, you want to go favorite movies? We, we, we talk about favorite posters. Yeah. You know, so, okay. So we started the scare of scuttlebutt podcast, obviously on the basis of star Wars, but there's all, uh, all sorts of other things that we really like to talk about. I think one of the other trilogies for me as a geek, uh, and you know, it, it comes from the eighties is, uh, Indiana Jones. I think, uh, my friend and I, you know, we probably quote as much Indiana Jones in our data, you know, daily lives, um, probably as much as star Wars, but, uh, it, it's another thing that I love talking about. I love Harrison Ford, obviously in Star Wars, but he's equally incredible in um, in Raiders of the Lost Ark and, and the Indiana Jones uh, films. Um, I just, I think recently, I just watched uh, the the last one, which you know obviously is not a fan favorite, but I really, it's not as bad as people say, I don't think. But uh, Aliens and Indiana Jones uh, kind of uh, are a little off-putting for some people, but um, there's a lot of elements in that movie that I really love. Uh, but what about you guys? What do you, what, what are, what's your other go-to, uh, eighties movies? Okay. Well, I already said Empire Strikes Back. I already said Goonies. So that's, uh, I'm in agreement with you also. I have always loved the Indiana Jones. In fact, I sometimes go back and forth. Which do I like more uh, of Harrison Ford? Do I like him as Han Solo or do I like him as India? I can never, never really decide, but, um, I guess, well, first of all, I love E.T., so that's like another... There you go. Yeah, I mean, Steven Spielberg, just in general, he owned, like, I feel like so much of the 80s. Uh, for instance, if you want to go switch over to the horror side, Poltergeist is, like, one of my favorite sure, yeah. movies. Yeah, so... And, of course, Batman, like I said earlier. 
you know, I yeah. was on <clears throat> I was on uh, Force of Light uh, Entertainment. I see you there in the chat. Uh, welcome to the show, ladies. Um, and we talked about Indiana Jones, and I'm amazed how many people still consider that a trilogy, even though <laughs> Crystal Skull is there. Uh, but people still call it it's a trilogy. Plus, they have the extra movie. I, you know. <laughs> I forgot I mean, about Crystal Skull. It's there. It's a thing. Uh, but uh, And I saw it in theater. Yeah. As far as throwaway movies, I know a lot of people are going to give me crap for this, um, is um, the Evil Dead movies. Uh, I haven't gotten to my favorite yet, but I'm just throwing out some of my favorites, and I'll get to it. But uh, the Evil Dead movies, um, I mean, when you talk about quoting movies uh, and just putting those into your normal conversations, um you know, you can't, you know, you're in charge of two things right now, pal, Jack and shit. And Jack just left town. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, there's so many good quotes in, in those movies. So Ash is amazing. Um, the actor is amazing. I love those movies. But uh, one, my all time favorite movie outside of Star Wars comes from the 80s and also a good poster, uh, The Princess Bride. And oh, yeah. that is because that movie absolutely has everything in it, no matter. And you've seen, you know, I'm sure most people have seen the memes for it. Uh, no matter what genre of movie you're looking for, it is that movie. And I don't know how the hell they did it. Um, but uh, fantasy, uh, romance, comedy, action, every single, I mean, Carrie Elway's uh, was was just amazing. And that, like, he, you know, he had a couple of years there. He dropped off a little bit after that, but uh, a couple of years there, you know, he was in Glory um, with Matthew Broderick, and he did, uh, you know, Princess Bride around the same time. He was on fire there for a few couple of years there in the 80s. And, um, you know, uh, Billy Crystal was in yeah. that movie. Just so many good actors, and um, they all gave uh -huh. 100%. And, you know, talk about rewatchability. You, I, you know, I could. I could watch that show or that movie weekly, I think, and, and not get sick of it still. That's one of those, you know, you don't see, I don't see replays of it too much on TV, um, but it's always a go-to movie for me and just, I mean, good for, for all ages as well. So. And and Andre the Giant. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Columbo, Columbo was in it. Yeah. Oh, Columbo. Yeah. I, I was thinking Telly Silvala's no. Kojak. Yeah. yeah. No, but, no, not uh, Kojak. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those are great. Those are great. What uh, you know? I I don't know if we're going to cover this, but what uh, what a great time to be a nerd was the '80s. I mean, uh, there's a lot of people that are saying that uh, some of the movies that were uh, you know released in the '80s probably couldn't be released nowadays uh, with uh, people's kind of oversensitivity uh, issues, whatever. But uh, you know, we really um, we really did live in a time. Um, I guess for us that lived in the time, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it was a lot of fun. Uh, these movies were great. Uh, you know, people are mentioning Beverly, Beverly Hills cop is another great one. Uh, airplane. Um, I absolutely love, love, love movie. the airplane movies. And even before that, when there was a, the TV series, uh, police squad, um, those are fantastic. And I love the humor in those. I love, uh, all that uh, tongue-in-cheek, uh, you know, Shirley, you must be joking. Uh, I'm yeah. not. I'm serious, and don't call me Shirley. So don't call me Shirley. Those. And to go along with that is uh, Naked Gun. Um, yeah. And, and, of course, uh, O.J. Simpson, the great actor that he was. Um, but, you know, you're talking <laughs> about, uh, you can't, you can't uh, remake movies. I'm probably 
not going to watch the new Coming to America because the original is just so freaking funny. If you're not basically crying the entire time laughing at the original Coming to yeah. America, I don't think I know you. Um, but uh, I, I just don't think it's going to have the same. I mean, because that's one of those ones we talked about, Ro, where you can't make that movie these days. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing the new one's not that. Uh, so I'm probably not going to be watching that one unless I hear some really good things about it. You know, I, I just watched the trailer and it wasn't really all that funny. Um, no. And I and I know, you know, it, it really does. Cutting trailers is an art form. I used to actually collect and I have a VHS of just trailers, uh, movie trailers. And the movie trailers nowadays, I mean, they're pretty bad. I mean, they give the entire story away uh, in in a minute and a half. And then at that point, it's like, why even bother go seeing the movie? But uh, it, it, you know, it's it's definitely an art form to to edit these trailers. Um, but yeah, it wasn't that funny. One of the things that I would like to see, and obviously because I think it's uh it's not in theaters, it's on Amazon Prime, mm -hmm. so we'll be able to pop it in and 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 catch it. But um, I'm just hoping that at least you can see the actors having fun. And obviously, you know, Arsenio Hall and, and Eddie Murphy have, have aged. Uh, they, they look fantastic actually, by the way, but, uh, I hope they're having fun. And that's what I like for crystal skull. You guys were talking about crystal skull. I love that movie because of Harrison Ford and Karen Allen's interaction. They really look like they're having fun going back to those characters, going back on that adventure. And you can really tell, and it, it, it hits you, uh, it's infectious, and I, I love that. So I'm hoping that uh, that coming to America too uh, is kind of the same same way. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the trailer a couple of times now. I, I'm the same way. I I have seen the original many many times. I actually just watched it a couple of months ago. Laughed my head off as if it was the first time that I was watching it. And I personally didn't have a problem with the trailer. I'm still somewhat looking forward to watching the movie kind of for the same reason. I just want to see these characters getting back together kind of thing. But of course, as soon as I saw, obviously that it wasn't going to be rated R like the original already, I was right. like, well, you know, I understand things have changed and I get it. Believe me, that movie for sure. If you played it now, I mean, the shock value would be insane, but you know, I'm still going to watch it because I watch everything. So um, but uh, yeah, we'll have to circle back on that one. <laughs> Mr. T will return after these messages. Now it's here. The excitement, the adventure of a new force at breakfast. We'll call them C-3PO's. New C-3PO cereal from Kellogg's. Twin rings hangs together. For two crunches in every double O. A delicious part of this nutritious breakfast. Now you can experience the taste of Kellogg's C-3PO's. A crunchy new force at breakfast. May the force be with you. We now return to The Amazing Spider-Man and The Incredible Hulk. So Dave has a great post that I just put up. And obviously, it is right up our alley. Yeah, you've got some really great 80s uh, sci-fi films. Terminator, Aliens, mm -hmm. Predator, Robocop. I'll buy that for a dollar. Um, but these are these are great selections. And again, you know, Terminator went through a, a couple of different variations in their franchise. Aliens did the same thing. We've got Predator with a crossover with uh, the a Predator versus Alien stuff. 
that I think started in the comic books uh, as kind of a mashup, and then they went ahead and, and uh, did a, a movie. Uh, and then good old Ro- RoboCop. So uh, those are all great selections uh, for 80s movies. I can't believe how well Predator stands up uh, still. You know, I went back and watched it a couple times in the last uh, year or so. Uh, I thought maybe that's one of those ones we, you know, thought about with rose tinted glasses. But no, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a damn good movie. Uh, you know, all around, uh, of course, sequels, you know, hit or miss on, on those, but the original, man, that, that, just an awesome movie all around. Is that yeah. the, that's the, that's the one with Arnold and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. uh, they're, they're out in the middle of the, uh, you know, Carl oh, the Weathers, uh, out in the middle oh, of the jungle. That's right. Carl mm-hmm. Weathers yeah. is in that. Yeah. I mean, it's funny seeing all, everyone listing, you know, all these different movies. That's actually one of the things that I ended up doing in preparation for this is I actually kind of went through the decades and obviously saw how this type of genre of movie, whether it was horror or sci-fi of some kind or fantasy, it really like amped up in the 80s. I mean, that's really why I want to do this. And, you know, looking at some of these movies, they really were to some extent, again, I, you know, this was a while ago, so I guess things were a little bit more innocent back then. So to me, a lot of these movies were also somewhat family friendly. I mean, look at Ghostbusters. I mean, everyone was able to see Ghostbusters. You know, no one was being made fun of to go watch Ghostbusters, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? So that's why I said, yeah, I think the 80s was probably a really great time to be a nerd. I mean, look how many different types of movies were going on during that decade. And a lot of these movies have, um, you know, spawned uh, fandoms that uh, that go deep. And they're obviously mixed in with fandoms of, mm-hmm. you know, some of the other films that we are, uh, you know, that some of our favorites, obviously, you know, Star Wars and, and Indiana Jones and things like that. But uh what about trilogies? You know, other than Star Wars, obviously we think of trilogies as, you know, Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi, but uh, we've got movies like Raiders of the Lost Ark and uh, the subsequent um, uh, movies that uh, came out of that. We've got uh, Back to the Future. Uh, Back to the Future, I was talking to somebody. Uh, it's it's kind of, I would want to say, and I'll, I'll say this out loud and you guys can kind of uh, talk about that. It's almost a, a, a very perfectly crafted trilogy when it comes to story, when it comes to um, the events that happen uh, between the first one and the last one. Um, Back to the Future is obviously a fan favorite, but what do you guys think of the statement that it's probably a, a perfect, a near perfect trilogy? I can't really agree with that, and that's only because I hate to say this, so sorry, not sorry, but I just absolutely hate that third movie. I mean, it's not that I don't watch it. Mm -hmm. I'll watch it, but I just cannot, sometimes I just can't stomach that movie, and I think that's the only thing that kind of, yeah, can't. I can't bring myself to say it's a perfect trilogy just because of that movie. The first two, no problem. Love them. That's that's interesting. You know, uh, perfect trilogy, I'm not sure... Um, we're nerds, so I don't know if we'll call anything a perfect trilogy, um, except for the, the Holy Trinity that, uh, that we were based off of. Um, <laughs> exactly. But, uh, Agreed. you know, it's what's, what's funny about Back to the Future is how everybody really, really has their favorites and for, for different reasons. And, uh, you know, it's interesting that you say that because for a lot of people, and I'm, personally, I'm with you as far as uh, Back to the Future 3, but some, for a lot of people, the third one is their favorite. 
Uh, I don't. I don't, I don't see how that happens or what drives you to have that as your favorite. I mean, teach their that. own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people, they love that one. Um, I, I've all, I will always love the first one, I think, the most. But um, two, I love it, but there's so much packed into it. Um, it's a little, it gets a little crazy at times. Um, but, yeah, I'm surprised how much um, people love the, the different ones and for whatever reason. Yeah, how, how can you not like a Western? Come on, man. <laughs> And I, you know, it's, again, time it's, traveling it's, trains. Yeah, it's it's the same thing with me with uh, Alien, and I know uh, the ladies of Force of Light just, uh, you know, they're doing a, a watch on the Alien movies. But the third one, I can't remember, and I don't even remember how many the how many Alien movies there are. I know it was the third one with all the bald. Everybody was bald, right? I thought that was, was that Alien Resurrection. The, that, that might the be the fourth one. Fourth one with Winona Ryder. The, I don't even know. Oh yeah, yeah. I again, it's it's one of those things that I lost uh, lost track. Um, not Honestly, really lost. Interesting. I barely like the second one, and a lot of people say the second one is superior to the first one, and I actually kind of disagree with that. Yeah, I, I didn't like I, the second one. I didn't like the second one. It was too. I liked the first Alien because it felt more like a horror movie, and it felt more tense. And then. Um, they flipped the switch with the second one and it became more of an action movie. And to me, that wasn't, that wasn't as, as thrilling for me. It kind of lost that, you know, that spooky factor. I do remember liking the second one a little more than the original one um, for different reasons. And I think you're right. The first one was more horror. Mm -hmm. Um, The second one was a little bit more, you know, sci-fi adventure-ish, but uh, you had, uh, you had Ridley Scott on the first one, but uh, right. What's his name? Titanic guy on on the, oh, uh, the second yeah. one. Yeah, that's right. why it switched. So, I think that yeah, that's why you can definitely tell the difference in flavor mm-hmm. there. Which uh, I, I remember. I remember, remember reading. One. Yeah, I remember reading. That's why it made it difficult to follow the action and characters because everybody looked the same, mm-hmm. and it was confusing. Um, Wasn't she a cyborg or an android in that one? There was that that one. Well, she died in the first scene. Spoiler. Yeah. yeah okay. I, <laughs> Uh, you know, Dave also, uh, not to switch gears totally off, well, yeah, I guess to switch gears off trilogies, uh, but Dave mentioned all the different uh, directors that we had in the 80s and how good of a job they did. Uh, he mentioned John Carpenter in there. And, uh, uh, you know, yeah. I'm not I'm not one for conspiracies, Ro. You know me. Um, <laughs> not, I, not at all, Everything man. that I see on the mainstream media. Uh, but I just want to put it out there. John Carpenter's They Live from 1988, <laughs> uh, if you, it's a, it's a classic. I don't care who you are, you know, put on the damn glasses, you know, you got to put on the glasses. And yeah, uh, that, right. so if you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, if, if they live doesn't mean anything to you, then turn us off. No, uh, wait till we're done and then go watch. <laughs> let, they me, live. let me get a, let me get a quick, let me get a nice shot of, of your, your face, Brad. <laughs> oh God. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, see? Totally. I see it. I see it, brother. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hey, Scuttle Buddies, Ro here. I just want to say a heartfelt thank you to our patrons, wonderful folks who have found it in their hearts to support what we do. We're lucky to have you. 
folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales, the Salty Crew at Salty Nerd Podcast, Alex and Matt, super fan of all pods on the Red 5 Network, Nicholas Schaefer, big thanks Nick, Chad at Hyperspace and Holocrons, and Jay from Florida. If you want to be even more involved in the scare of Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron, we'd really appreciate it. Head over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. And until next time, remember, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. Oh, Nicole's got another classic in the chat. Blues Brothers. That was, uh, that was a major production here mm. uh, in and around Chicago. I think our revenue department is still kind of recovering from that movie. Yeah, a nice little Star Wars connection there, too. Carrie Fisher was in uh, Blues Mm -hmm. Brothers. And uh, Steven Spielberg made a little cameo there towards the end. That was a lot of of fun. Carrie Fisher has so many good cameos that people don't even realize. Uh, In the the Jay and Silent Bob movies, uh, she was in Fanboys uh, for for just a minute uh, as one of the nurses in the hospital. Uh, and she's always just Carrie Fisher in those movies, which which is awesome. Except for Jane Silent Bob, where she was a nun. Uh, that wasn't very Carrie Fisher of her. Um, but uh, she just she wanted really, to know if they lived by the book. She really was a spitfire. I, I miss her so much. Yeah, everything went to hell after we lost uh, Carrie Fisher and George Carlin and all those greats. And it's not I the think same. they were they were uh, they were the type of people that were kind of keeping society in check. To a degree, and they would now, just tell it how it is. Yeah, yeah. And now hell in a handbasket, I tell you. Yeah, so, I mean they're, they're, they're satire, except that you know they cut like a knife at the same time. Sure. So yeah, I agree. Absolutely. So what are you know? Uh, it looks like you know the '80s are kind of coming back um, to a degree. We have shows like Stranger Things, who. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a big runaway hit. I think it was Netflix, one of Netflix's, uh, you know, top uh, watched shows. Um, I'm, I think we're getting more, um, more, more uh, Stranger Things. So that's really great. And I love all the references that they have in the show. You've got, uh, you know, toys from the '80s. You've got uh, other things from the '80s, and and obviously, never ending story. You're, yes, you're, the never ending story. <laughs> Such yeah. a great episode. Well, didn't season two open with them going to go see Ghostbusters or trick or treating in the yeah, Ghostbusters costumes? Ghostbusters, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there is this, uh, there is this fascination right now with this current generation with the '80s. It's really, it's really funny actually to see. It's it's yeah. funnier for me to see because, as Brad said, that was I was in my prime yeah. back then. So I was born in '86. <laughs> Sorry, Brad. <laughs> Sorry, Ro. Somebody mentioned. Well, as far as things coming back, I think most of the 80s should stay in the 80s. Uh, I think we should just appreciate for what it is and just let it stay there because if they try to remake it, they're going to ruin it for the most part. Um, but um, happy that Stranger or yeah, Stranger Things is coming back for season four. Hopefully they stay on the right track on that one. Um, but uh, somebody mentioned Stand By Me. And uh, I think there was one summer, I don't know, it was like around 87, 88, somewhere around there where I just couldn't stop watching Stand By Me. It, it was on, I don't know, I think it was HBO, I think. I thought you were going to say you found a dead body, like in the movie. Oh, no. I, well, <laughs> yeah, speaking, speaking of Stand By Me, I found a dead body back in 88. Um, but it's cool. I had all my friends with me. We walked down the train tracks and we found it. Um, but, you know, a lot of people don't realize that's a that's a Stephen King story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
Right. So you know, it's, it's got the psychological aspect to it. Um, but it, that's one of those uh, coming of age type stories, uh, a little bit different than, uh, or actually a lot different than most of Stephen King's uh, stories. So I think Stand By Me will always be a classic. And one of the things that uh, also made a comeback uh, in the late 90s or 2000s uh, was uh, Vampires. You had, uh, what's the the vampire, the all the pretty people that turned into werewolves and... Twilight? Uh, yeah, Twilight. But, uh, you know, we had vampires in the 80s too. Nicole just put up uh, the Lost the Boys. Lost Boys. Yeah. Um, again, one of my favorites... The Lost Boys was uh, interesting to me because it was very influential to me and my friends. We uh, went around not um, claiming that we were the undead, but, uh, you know, trench coats were, were the big thing. So we all walked around with spiky hair and trench coats, uh, like 80, think, 80s uh, boots and trench coats and, and uh, all that stuff, uh, vampires. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland is best when he's bad. I think he. I think uh, so he, too. It's true. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I mean, he absolutely sold that one. And whenever he has a chance to, I mean, he's he's a great actor all around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't think of a necessarily bad role that he's done. Um, but when he's bad, I think he's just on point. It's just I think it's a lot more fun to play yeah. something that is so far off from your character because you really kind of get you just sink your teeth into as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the whole adage of bad boys have more fun. Um, it's just, uh, you know, to be able to play something like that, you know, as make believe obviously is a lot different than actually being someone evil or bad. But, uh, I think actors have a lot of fun being the villain and you definitely can tell, uh, some of the actors that are really having fun playing the villain. And, uh, I'm, I'm all for that, but I think you're right. Kiefer Th- Sutherland has, uh, you know, I, I watched him in what is that show that he plays? Uh, that uh, agent for twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah. Yep. And you know, Jeff he's Bell. like like you said, he's he's good in that, but uh, I love it when he's just a badass. Yeah. Now uh, I won't ask uh, you know toddler Chantal about this one, but uh, Ro, what was the movie that you saw the most in the theaters in the eighties? I, I know what mine is right off the bat. What, what, what do you got? Well, it's it's a movie that I saw about 17 times, and I don't even remember what the story was. Uh, back in the 80s, I was a uh, member of the motion, the Television Motion Academy, whatever, and they used to send me just a whole bunch of free passes. And I always got free passes to Lawnmower Man, and I don't even know who's in it. I don't even know what it's about. That's another, that's another Stephen King movie. Was it? Oh. Yeah. It, so, you know, it's cheesy, but it's also got some great uh, moral uh, issues in there um, about what to do with knowledge if you were to get it. And that's one of the first that had to do with virtual reality and yeah, using okay. virtual reality type things to learn. But uh, uh, overall, pretty cheesy movie. I'm glad you got the tickets for free. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, Top Gun. Uh, Top Gun was the first movie I ever saw multiple times in the theaters. I just checked, and Dave checked for me. Lawnmower Man was 1992. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a little out of the 80s. Yeah, but it, it was still it's, coming out of it. Still had that 80s touch to it when it yeah, came out. Yeah, it seemed like it. Uh, remind reminded me of. Uh, I think the poster reminded me of Tron, a little bit for some reason. I remember you talk about. Uh, the virtual reality stuff. So I remember kind of like a weird grid or something, but, um, 
Yeah, I mean, if if I want to say the '80s, I don't know. I the I was pissed off at my mom in the '80s because I had piano classes and she wouldn't let me go to the theater to go see Return of the Jedi um, mm-hmm. on opening night. So um, I've got issues because of that. <laughs> <laughs> only because of that? No, not only. It, it, it started. It started there. A double pleasure's waiting for you. A double pleasure from Double Miscom. A double great feeling. Making you realize Double is the one for you. Double fresh. Double smooth. Double delicious to chew. A double pleasure is waiting for you. Double Miscom. A double pleasure is waiting for you. Double Miscom. You know, as, as far as different genres go, the 80s was also a great decade for war movies as well. Uh, you had uh, Hamburger Hill, Full Metal Jacket, uh, Platoon. So, you know, uh, those all revisited Vietnam. You know, it was you know now, uh, you know, depending on what year it was, 10 to 20 years you know, outside Vietnam so they could actually do some reflection on the war and what it meant and what it did to the, to the guys that were over there. Uh, so those movies, um, especially, I mean, Hamburger Hill was just a pretty violent movie, but, uh, you know, Platoon and and uh, Full Metal Jacket, those really delved into the psychological aspects of, of war and getting ready for war and then um, what it did to you when you got back. Um, I can't remember what year it came out. I think it's a late 80s movie, uh, but Born on the Fourth of July um, also revisited Vietnam and you know how people got treated when they got back. So a lot of good, a lot of good movies there in the in the war department as well. Yeah, it's funny they should mention that. I remember being on this war movie kick, and I remember Hamburger Hill, and um, some of the other war movies. I even went back to see, uh, oh, Big Red One with Mark Hamill, uh, Luke Skywalker. That was a, a that was a, that was another one that I actually bought on DVD because I have fond memories of, of seeing that movie and I think that came out in 1980 um, and it was a uh, black and white and uh, I think we just uh, started talking about that uh, a while ago but um, uh, Apocalypse Now obviously uh, Francis Ford Coppola with a little help from uh, Uncle George George Lucas yeah I, I was on a kick you know even went back as far as uh, Bridge on the River Kwai with uh, Sir Alec Guinness, I think he's in that. So I started sure watching is. all those. Um, some John Wayne war movies. Trilogies. We didn't talk about Superman. Well, not necessarily a trilogy, but a series. Superman movies. and uh, Except for the one uh, that nobody remembers. You know, for many years, I didn't even realize this movie existed. But the one, was it the third one? With Richard Pryor in it? <laughs> uh, that, you know, I knew you were going to bring that one up. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, like I'm like, wait, 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 which one are you talking about? And I'm like, I remember the the sun guy, and I remember the first ones with Zod. No, no, the one with Richard Pryor. I'm like, what, what are you smoking, West, man? There's West no, for peace. Yeah. There's no Superman movie with Richard Pryor. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, yeah, there is. That's hilarious. There's a reason why most people don't know about it. That was kind of awful. Was that the third one? That was the yeah. third one. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, Scott. Scott actually likes Superman three. What I meant was, it's a great movie. Uh, as like we said, to, to each their own. If that's your thing, that's your thing. You always wanted to fly, Kent. Now's your chance. 
What other genres? I mean, we talked a little bit about uh, what about horror? Uh, we talked um, John Carpenter. Oh, yeah. Wes, Cra- Wes Craven. Wes Craven. Yep. Uh, you had, uh, you know, uh, those were all fun. I don't know horror, but uh, the 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 Gremlins movies. Um, I believe the first uh, Tremors was in the late '80s. I think the was first it? one. It was either it was right it was around right around ninety. Uh, I don't know if it was right before or right after. Uh, obviously, Friday the Thirteenth, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, yeah, fly. they they, uh, they like to mess with our brains there, uh, with our psyches in the eighties with all those movies. Yeah, Tremors was ninety, mm-hmm. and um, I consider Cameron. ninety. Uh, nine, as we all know, you start one to ten, so nineties <laughs> still the eighties. Still the eighties. <laughs> We'll return after these messages. He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe! It's Major Blood in the Cobra Copter. They're after Gung Ho. Get the G.I. Joe Dragonfly Copter. Wild Bill to the rescue. Major Blood, look. Let's get out of here. Cobra turning tail. Want to live good, buddy? G.I. Joe! G.I. Joe Dragonfly Copter comes with Wild Bill, other figures and equipment, each sold separately from Hasbro. I was really into, uh, like Nicole mentioned, the Halloween movies. Um, I had a friend of mine, uh, the guy that uh, does the uh, Sentry Mode voiceover, and my buddy, I grew up with him. We were really into Halloween and Friday the 13th and Jason movies. Um, we used to chase the neighborhood kids with uh, butter knives uh, taped to a, a work glove. We would pretend we were Freddy Krueger um, and chase the kids all over the neighborhood. It was a lot of fun, and parents really loved us. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I would say those Halloweens around that time were pretty predictable. Uh, you were one of five to ten characters and Freddie and right. Jason being on top of those. And they, you know, later in life, they they became parodies of themselves. You know, obviously, we've got Geico commercials that make fun of, you know, hiding behind a, a barn full of chainsaws instead of the uh, the actual car that's running, you know, yeah. in the barn to escape the um, the big baddie. An actor we haven't talked about too much yet. Uh, I'm not sure why. Uh, Mel Gibson. Uh, whether it's the Lethal Weapon trilogy uh, or le- I don't know how many Lethal Weapons they made, uh, and uh, the Mad uh, Max, and those movies still, I'm mean, you know even you know those were a couple that they they tried to continue a couple years back, and those were entertaining in their own way. Um, but yeah, Mad Max, those were those were some really fun movies. I uh, remember watching the first Mad Max. Am I is is this my imagination playing tricks on me, or was the first Mad Max in black and white? No, I don't think so. No, that would that would be your no. your memory is in black and white, bro. Right. <laughs> so. No, it wasn't. Wasn't it, it was Road Warrior, or maybe maybe my friend had a black and white TV, and that's what we watched it on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that's what it was. I, Perhaps yeah. first one's in color for sure. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> wow. Funny the things that you remember. Row belongs in the museum. <laughs> Slipping. <laughs> yeah, no. One of the things you wanted to talk about uh, was the uh, technology changes that we had over the years. You can see a huge difference. 
how it changed. You know, the difference in seeing a movie, or you know, between you know '78 and '82, between ones you're seeing in the late '80s. Uh, how did uh, technology change and improve over those years to make the movies so much better? Wow, where do we start? <sighs> I mean, are you talking about the theater experience per se, or no? I mean, the production the movie, aspect. Yeah, the, yeah. the movie production itself. Well, obviously, you know, Uncle George had a lot to do with that, both yep. uh, in the production of uh, movie making and the theater experience with uh, his standardization of theater sound through THX labs. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's it's one of the things that inspires me about George Lucas and, and ILM, uh, all the uh, wonderful technological um, you know, contributions that uh, George Lucas made to the industry as a whole. I think it um, it enhances our experience as, as fans and moviegoers, both just watching the film and then experiencing it in the theater. I think uh, it's... Um, you can't say enough about the work that George Lucas and ILM did for for fans. Whether Whatever side of the fence you are uh, with Lucasfilm, I think... You can never, you know, overstate that fact. Definitely can't you know, take that away from him. Uh, stop motion was a big thing, uh, at least, yeah. you know, in the earlier half of that decade. Does uh, Is stop motion still being used at all, or is that just uh, a relic? It seems like it's used rarely, just because yeah. it's such a process. And I think a lot of the stop motion is done as reference, and mm -hmm. then it gets it all gets scanned into a computer and smoothed out. You know, uh, when stop motion first happened, obviously you had the Harry, How uh, what's it, um, I can never remember his name, Harry Housen. Is that the um, one for like Clash of the Titans, the one that did all those? Yeah, even, you know, Jason and the Argonauts. The Argonauts. Yeah. So, you know, the stop motion was very, you know, choppy. You can tell right. that it was like, you know, frame by frame by frame by frame. And then you guys, you know, you got uh, the advent of the blurring w between frames, uh, which gave it a little bit more of a realistic feel when it comes to motion. And obviously computer generation uh, changes it all. But um, I don't know. I don't know as far as uh, traditional stop motion, if they still do that. And obviously with Jurassic Park, mm -hmm. uh, the guys over at ILM wanted to do the dinosaurs uh, as stop motion. And then Dennis Muren came in and uh, kind of screwed the the pooch when it comes to stop motion and started doing all that stuff uh, CGI, yeah. um, which again was another you know another jump in technology when it comes to filmmaking and, and storytelling. You know, getting back to uh, Star the Star Wars era, you know, The Mandalorian kind of uh, took some of the old school ways of shooting um, practical uh, ships and multiple passes for the flyover instead of having to have done them in, in the computer, which I thought was great when I saw that sizzle reel and the ILM people were in the garage just making these machines to, to control the, the, the cameras to photograph an actual model of a ship. I thought that was great. And I, I always think that that stuff looks a hell of a lot better than CGI. I mean, CGI is pretty good and it's, it's easier and cheap, but there's something about photographing uh, an actual practical ship, especially in, in, in the world of Star Wars, it just, uh, there's just, I don't know, there's a realism to it that uh, I don't think can be matched. Technology has its good and its bad. 
And I personally think right now, every this and this is exactly why I also chose the whole 80s topic, because I do miss those days of, you know, sets and like you said, the stop motion animation. I mean, Tim Burton is a huge, I mean, I'm absolutely in love with him as a director, but I feel like CGI has killed a lot of things too. So, you know, it would be nice if we could go backwards, but the problem is, like you just said, CGI makes everything cheaper now. So, but it would be nice. The thing about CGI is obviously with any technology, uh, you can use it, but as long as your story is good, and that's obviously mm -hmm. what George Lucas was trying to tell us, that you can have the best CGI in the world, but if the story you know, falls flat, and that's, you know, that's uh, an arguable uh, statement um, when it comes to George Lucas, but it's, you know, it's true. Um, you know, Scotty from Star Trek says, you know, the right tool for the right job. Um, but, um, I, I, I still think, and again, because I'm such a, a technology geek that I love seeing the technology that is used in, you know, in filmmaking, uh, mm -hmm. whether it's CGI, we've talked to, um, you know, Yoshi Vu who worked on uh, Rise of Skywalker and Mandalorian. And, um, it's just fascinating to me. I love, love, love the work that they put in. Um, and then obviously knowing um, quite a few 3D artists, uh, just the work that they put in to uh, create images is just uh, nothing short of miraculous. You know, speaking of uh, technology and, and George Lucas, uh, Ro, you probably know this. In fact, I think we may have talked about it before, but uh, Chantal, I got a, a piece of trivia for you. What was the uh, highest auction ever? Uh, what was what item was the received the highest auction ever? Uh, related to Star Wars. I like to ask people this question because I was, I, you know, I went to a Star Wars trivia one night and when I go to mm -hmm. a Star Wars trivia, I expect it to be questions about Star Wars, but then they come out with stupid ass questions like this and then make me lose because the <laughs> questions like that have nothing to do with actual movies. So anyway, I like to uh, ask people well, this I was, now. I was going to say the Revenge of the Jedi poster, but now you have me second guessing myself. So This is something from the original from the oh, original. The original. You mentioned this mm. in a previous episode uh, many moons ago, and I, I want to say... And uh, she just hasn't gotten to it on her, on her listen yet. Yeah, uh, and I the... can't remember what it was, but I, I'll guess. Go ahead. Um, for, for some reason, I have... It's, a, it's a, one, of the, one of the pieces off of the Death Star panel. Um, nope. The Death Jar Trench. No, it's not. It is the and this is, a, this is row. You you should know this one. It was the Panavision PSR thirty five millimeter camera that was used to film the original uh, Star Wars movie uh, oh, wow. in seven, and it went for six hundred and twenty five thousand uh, dollars in a two thousand eleven auction uh, in Beverly Hills. So six hundred twenty five thousand for for the camera that they used to film A New Hope. I think I got it right here too. Yeah, it's right, right back there by Vader. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I love that. I'm a camera geek. Yeah, who would have known that? Who would have known? I mean, besides all of us now that, that know, but you know. <laughs> And speaking of trivia, do you remember the question that I asked on last uh, week's Tatooine Hot Takes, the one where 
I wanted to give away five Scarif swag boxes to uh, some of our uh, favorite listeners, or mm-hmm. at least the listeners that uh, bothered to uh, answer the question and listen to the podcast. Yeah, that was also one that I did not know. Yeah, so I asked in last week's Tatooine Hot Take, um, what was the name of the previous Red Five uh, before Luke took over that uh, designation? And um, Brad, you didn't even you didn't realize that he actually had a name. Um, you can see him in Rogue One, and I gave them uh, gave everybody a hint that uh, obviously you can just you know plug in that question in Google and, and cheat if you want to, but <laughs> but uh, definitely. Um, so we did get five people um, that uh, got the answer right. They uh, were able to direct message me and post uh, the answer on the uh, Twitter there. And uh, I just wanted to uh, give them a shout out um, for listening, first of all, but uh, also getting that right. And uh, one of them is uh, Vader Rapina. For let's see if he's still in the chat. He was in here a while ago. Scott, you are the winner of one of our Scarif swags. We also have Carl. He left because he had to go back to work. He is, lives in New Zealand, so uh, the uh, timing is a little off. And so is the postage. So I'm just going to send him an Amazon gift card. Because uh, last time I sent him a poster and it cost me $6,412.58. Same as a Panavision PSR 35. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so those are uh, the two people that won. Uh, we got uh, also Nicole. Peace, love, Star Wars. Thank you very much, Nicole, for uh, answering that correctly. And uh, Todd. Over at WSTR Galactic Public Access also gave us the correct answer. Uh, so I'll be sending um, him a little something-something. He's local, so uh, he's in Chicago, so the postage won't be as much. And actually, Chantal, you also answered correctly before you were the co-host. Of I the, will exempt uh, myself. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much. Uh, you answered correctly. We also have, we asked for five, but we had six people um answer it and i didn't want to leave him out uh your buddy frank velasquez frank 402 also answered correctly and uh want to make sure that uh, we send him something out as well so thank you guys uh for listening to that podcast episode and uh, answering correctly um that uh, is fantastic i don't know the guy's name red five so i'm gonna have to look it up real fast Talk, you talk gonna, amongst yourselves. How are you going to ask a question and not know the answer? <laughs> when, I, I mean, is that his? I wonder if that's his name in the credits. I figured his name was was just going to be Red Five. And just, I tell you, that guy had no courage under fire. I mean, he just he trailed off. Pedrin hey, Gall. Yeah, yeah, yeah Gall. Maybe uh, Alexander Freed mentioned his name in, in the novel, the novelization. I don't remember. <laughs> Tell you that I'm, you know, it's always good to go back and and this is like you said, this is this was a great topic, you know, because we talk about the the lunchtime talk, you know, sitting around the table talking about everything we love and just taking a trip down memory lane, if you will, through the '80s and there's just 
like you said, we're at the top of the show. There's just so much to love about the eighties. Uh, just so, you know, and then, you know, talk about spinoffs and stuff like that. You know, how many of these shows made cartoons to follow? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, I used to watch the Ghostbusters cartoon all the time. Um, and you know, Saturday mornings, we just don't have Saturday mornings like we used to in the eighties. I, I don't, don't even know what's on TV uh, on Saturday morning, but between you know, the hours of seven and 10, you know, you're, uh, actually probably seven to 11, you were in front of that TV watching cartoons and then your mom made you do housework after that. But uh, that time was sacred when you had your Cocoa Puffs and, and and just the TV. So, so many good things to love about the 80s. And uh, it's always good to go back and talk about them again. Yeah. And I know I barely lived through the 80s, but I definitely remember my Saturday morning cartoons and Gem and Care Bears and My Little Pony and Transformers and the yeah. Ghostbusters cartoon. I definitely remember all of that. I mean, I watched everything. Like I said, TV was definitely a great babysitter. So, yeah, I miss those days. I really do. And we want to, you know, talk about favorite movies. Uh, you know, talk about Transformers. When somebody wants to talk about Transformers the movie, uh, I don't. There's nothing Michael Bay related to it. It's the original Transformers the movie back from '85. And uh, man, that's the first time I ever saw a, a Transformer die. I didn't know that was even possible, but. Within the first three minutes of that movie, a Transformer died, you know, two or three, in fact. And, um, you know, so many voice actors in that movie. Leonard Nimoy was in that movie. Orson Welles was in that movie. So many great voice actors. And, uh, you know, yeah, it had its cheesy 80s, you know, music in the background and stuff. Um, but as far as storytelling and just great action and adventure, uh, that movie still holds up today. I still eat my Cocoa Puffs Saturday morning. <laughs> and uh, again, thank you very much, Chantel, for coming on to the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast with us. Uh, we're going to let you close out the show uh, this time around. And uh, thank you, everyone who was in the chat and joined us tonight. We had a great conversation. Thank you very much for your input and keep those Tatooine hot takes coming we might have changed our appearance a little bit but uh, we love those uh Tatooine hot takes so keep them coming Chantel what do you got to say and that's the scuttlebutt <laughs> awesome Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs>